Thanks for listening to the Issue Podcast. If you like what you hear, then be sure to catch us every week on all streaming services. Make sure to follow our social media. All links can be found in the description of our episodes. And make sure you're emailing us your thoughts. Our email is theissuemailbox at gmail.com. Also, sign up for our newsletter. You can do that by going to our website that we have linked in the episode. All you have to do is put in your email and click sign up. Guys, don't forget to like, subscribe, share with your friends, and thank you for listening to The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Monday, June 28th, and we're back with another episode. Took a little bit of a break there, about a week long on vacation, yeah? I think we're going to make up for it today, though. Um, I know so many of our our listeners love covering the NFL. That you know, that's what you're here for. It's my favorite sport to cover. I'm pretty sure it's your favorite sport to cover as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it, we were talking about this today. It's the most interesting sport. I think it's the most most watched in the United States, obviously. But um, you know, even the bad teams are interesting. Exactly, and the bad teams eventually get good, which is what we don't see a lot of the times in other leagues. Yeah, we're gonna do a uh, our starter divisional predictions. We have the Cardinals at the bottom of the uh, NFC West. Yeah, they're a really good team that might be under five hundred. Right. So we're gonna start. We're bringing back the uh, the divisional predictions. Yeah. Uh, those start now. We're starting with the NFC West today. We did these last year. And if after you listen. Hit the subscribe, follow, whatever it is on your platform. Download the episode. That way you can listen to it if you go on an airplane, if you go on a road trip where there's no coverage, anything like that. Turn on post notifications so you can listen as soon as we upload. Yep, and make sure you're following our social media too. Instagram, the underscore issue podcast. And then on Twitter is just at the issue podcast. Um, no underscores or anything there. Send us an email, the issue mailbox at gmail.com, and then go on over to our website, subscribe to our newsletter. All you have to do is put in your email, click sign up. And, uh, you know, those are the people that are going to be the most in the know with, with the issue and just sports going on in general. So go ahead, do yourself a favor, put your email in, sign up, get our newsletter. So the divisional predictions brought to you by Raise Energy, 30% off broken arrow pre-workout. It's what I use before I go work out. Great pump, good hydration in the muscles. I, I recommend it. And while you're there, 30% off, you might as well get two of them. And if you spend $65, you get a free recovery powder. Awesome. I take it before bed, and uh, it doesn't keep you up at all. Let's that muscle, you know build so. exactly so now the nfc west divisional predictions here on the issue all right number one i got the Rams 13 and four okay i think they're a good team they upgraded a quarterback the most important position their offensive line is good not great but matt stafford semi-mobile great arm can make up for that i believe and their defense i think will be a top five defense. I know people are saying they lost a lot in the secondary, which I agree. I think that might, you know, cause them to, to be a little shakier at the beginning. But I think when you have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, who I think are two of the best defensive players in the league right now, outside of maybe Khalil Mack, it, it, it's hard to count them out. I think so too. Losses, I have them, the, the Colts, I think that's a tough one for them. Both teams have a new quarterback, but I think Wentz with Frank Reich will be better quicker than McVay and Stafford, even though 
you know, I do think Stafford's a more talented quarterback, and I think McVay is a better coach. Yeah. I still think that the familiarity with Wentz and Reich, the Colts win that game, especially with the pass rush that they have. I'm losing to the Bucks. The Bucks return all 22 starters still early, early in the year for the Rams. Could be working some kinks out with Stafford. Uh, I, I think the Bucks returning all the starters, that's huge. I'm losing to the Hawks early, the Seahawks early. Um, it's a short week for both teams. But again, the Seahawks have a lot have a lot more continuity going into the season. And uh, they upgraded the offensive line, tight end, receivers, a little bit on the defense. I like what they did. And uh, then again, I have the Packers losing to, or the Packers beating the Rams. Even though the Rams get a little extra rest, if Aaron Rodgers is playing, I'm sorry, I I can't see the Rams beating them. So, All right, how about number two, Seattle? We have a 12-5. and five. I think it's a pretty fair. I think 12-5 and five is a is a good, honest bid for the Seattle Seahawks, right? I mean, we see it every year they come out, and we throw all of our eggs on Russell Wilson, or at least some of us do. And we say he's going to win MVP. And he's a very good quarterback, but what we always seem to leave out is this team... Look, Pete Carroll, I think, limits Russ a lot. I think if you put Russ with a more aggressive, uh, offensive-minded head coach, I think this team's top of the division. But they do have their limitations. Uh, that's why we have them at twelve and five, and I think that's I think it's a fair spot to have them this year because they're still going to be vi- they're they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. No, I agree. I mean, we have their losses. The 49ers, Um, I just think if Jimmy Garoppolo's health and friends a better football team in Seattle at what is that week five? I think with a new piece on Seattle's offensive line and a new coordinator, it's going to take a little bit of time with Russ and uh, with some new guys, some new weapons. I think uh, the 49ers are a better team there. How about then the Steelers? So this is this is kind of a brutal stretch for Seattle. They go to Minnesota and then to San Francisco at home against the Rams, so two tough divisional games, and then a game against a much-improved Minnesota team. I think they're going to be improved. You then have to go across country. Even though you have 10 days rest, you have to go across country Different time to zone. Pittsburgh and play an 8-20 game. So it's not going to feel like they're playing at you know, 10 in the morning like some of those when you – fly over and play in the 1 o'clock window, mm-hmm. brutal. It'll be the night game, so it'll be a little bit easier, but still, that that trek is brutal. Steelers at home. At a full Heinz Field. At, at, eight, at 8.20? No no, no chance. On prime time, I just don't think Seattle, that's not a game that they can win. Um, the Packers, I think the Packers, if Aaron Rodgers plays, I really do think that they are the best team in the NFC. Even They're, they're competing with Tampa Bay, I think. Um, the Rams, it'll be close as well, but... I think if Aaron Rodgers can show up, Devontae Adams is an absolute animal. Aaron Jones is phenomenal. Um, and then I have him losing to the Cardinals late. Cardinals give Seattle fits. They cannot. It's weird, right? So Russell and Kyler, similar. Yet for some reason, Seattle's defense can not keep up with Kyler Murray. They can't do it. I, I think it's because Seattle lacks a little bit of quickness. Outside of Bobby Wagner, they're not a very fast defense. Even Jamal Adams for a safety is more of a heavy hitter. He's not thought of as a, as a more sideline-to-sideline side speed guy. Um, so I think the Cardinals, and before that, you look at their schedule, they roll like three or four games before that Seattle game, and then at home to end the year playing for maybe a wild-card spot, even though that's going to be a stretch because Seattle and um, I think the Niners are going to be better record-wise, but you never know. I think they'll have that edge, that chip a little bit. Um, I, I like the 
the Cardinals in that week, what would that be? 18 now. Yeah. Wow. Okay, in third place, San Francisco 49ers at 11-6. and six. I like San Fran a lot. I think their issue is there's just better teams ahead of them. 11-6 and six is not a bad record, but their division is just brutal. And not knowing exactly what you're going to get out of Jimmy Garoppolo worries me. I like Jimmy G a lot. I think when he's healthy, he's a top 11 quarterback. I think you can win a Super Bowl with him if he's healthy. The only problem is he's only been healthy for a full season one time in his career. Notice how they went to the Super Bowl. But I have him losing to the Packers early. Um, that, that's an 8-20 game. Even though it's at home, the weather's going to be fine. The Packers are going to be slinging the rock. Yeah. I'm not sure that – I know Richard Sherman's good, but he's still he's not what he was. I'm not sure he can keep up with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Um, I have him losing to then the Rams. I think flat out the Rams are just a better football team. I know Shanahan gives McVay fits. I still think the Rams are just a better football team. They're too talented to lose that game. And I I think Stafford's going to put real pressure on that defense. How about the Vikings? We have been saying it. The Vikings, I think, are going to be a much better team. If Kirk Cousins can be the 13th best quarterback in the NFL and Dalvin Cook continues to do what he does, Justin Jefferson, their defense is going to be better. I think Mike Zimmer's a good coach. I think the Vikings are going to be better. I do think the Niners are a more talented roster, though. I just think it's a trap game. It's one of those games where the Vikings, they win. They win. They control the tempo with Dalvin Cook. They win that game. Then the Seahawks, a little bit later in the year. Seahawks at home, prime time. Russ doesn't lose those, period. I like. I just think it comes down to leadership and quarterbacking. I think Russ is a better quarterback than Jimmy G. How about the Titans late in the year? The Niners have four days rest. They play the Falcons on December 19th, turn around December 23rd at Tennessee. It's a night game. Prime time. Julio Jones, Ryan Tannehill. I like the Titans. And then finally, the Rams in week 18. Again, the Rams are just a better team. And finally, the Cardinals at 8-9. and nine. I told you at the beginning of the episode, there's going to be a team in this division that might, is going to be under 500 or close. Well, there's no 500, but has a losing record or close to it, maybe 9-8. and eight. What do you think about the Cardinals this year? I think there's a lot of question marks. I mean, we've talked about it in other episodes. Uh, I think maybe one or two episodes ago, we were just discussing Kyler Murray. And can he get it done? Right. Look, I think they're a good. I think they're a well-coached team. No, I think no. That, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a, a good coach at all. Outside of their head coach, position-wise, okay. position I, by I position, they're one of the best coach teams in the I league. I agree. I agree. You can tell. But I just don't know if Kyler Murray has what it takes to carry that weight of a of almost dead weight head coach. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And also. I know Chandler Jones has some of the the most sacks over the last whatever years. I don't. I still don't view him as a top five pass rusher. I don't think JJ Watt's a top ten pass rusher anymore. I know he's going to be hopefully healthy. He seemed healthy. Um, D Hop's good. They lost Kenyon Drake, who's their running back. James Conner. I don't think he's a top back at all. No. I don't think he's good enough, and I don't think their offensive line's good enough to be honest with you. I just I see I see too many holes. I think in most other divisions that's an eleven win 10, 10 to eleven win football team. Yeah. 
But in this division, I can't I can't give them double digit wins. I think they're eight and nine, nine and eight tops. Yep. So I think they lose the Titans, Vikings, Rams, Niners, Browns, Packers, Niners again, Seahawks, and then the Rams again. I think within division, they're they're two and two and four. I think you beat the Niners once, and the and the Seahawks once, barely because you play the Seahawks tough and the Niners. I I don't. I just think it's going to be one of those gimme games. Cardinals Cardinals are going to have two or three games a year where Kyler's going to win them a football game. I think he can win one against the Niners, but I, I just don't see a very high ceiling for this team. So, in the division, we have the Rams sitting at top, thirteen and four. Seattle coming second at twelve and five. After that, the 49ers finishing third at 11-6 and six, and coming in last in the division, the Arizona Cardinals finishing 8-9. and nine. Now, I'm going to say something. I would not be surprised, even in the slightest, if the Niners end up in second or first, or if the Seahawks are in first. This is going to be a tight race. We have them as, it's the Rams, then one game back Seattle, then one game back the Niners. Even three games back for the Cardinals, the fact that the Cardinals can be in last place and only five games out of first place is insane. That's crazy. Look at last place teams. They're generally about six or seven games out of first. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, tight, it's a tight race. Now let's give out our superlatives for the division. So we're going to go best overall player, best quarterback, offensive player of the year, a non-quarterback though. Yep. Defensive player of the year, and we're actually going to write in not Aaron Donald. Yeah. Because he's the best player in the game. It's kind of a given. Mm-hmm. So we're going to give other people a chance, right? Right. Makes it a little more fun. Rookie of the year and then sleeper of the year, who's someone who's either going to A, break out, or someone who's flying a little under the radar, who we think is going to you know, be a top 10 at their position. Right. Uh, so let's go. Top quarter, or top player. Let's top, start top player. Top player. Then. Again, I said Aaron Donald. Okay. I, I'm not sure how you can pick anyone else. I Even though I said last year, Ross for MVP, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the top three in voting this year as well. But Aaron Donald's a different breed. He, he gets doubled on every play. The offensive coordinator of the opposing team goes in and says, stop Aaron Donald. I don't care if we have to dedicate two linemen, chip a tight end, and keep a back in. And he still is a dominant force. He still destroys them. Yeah. Okay, best quarterback. Okay, best quarterback. You have to give it to Russ. I, I agree. Um, I'm not. I think it's a really strong quarterback division. I think Matt Stafford's a top. 10 quarterback. I think Kyler's a top 12 quarterback, and I think Jimmy G, when healthy, is probably a top 15 quarterback. But Ross is a top 3. He is one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the game. He does things no one else can, and his leadership is unmatched. Offensive player of the year, non-quarterback. DeAndre Hopkins. Absolutely. He's a human magnet with the football. That Hail Mary, he he gives me Calvin Johnson vibes. He's not quite as built as Megatron was, mm-hmm. but the ability to just throw the football up in the end zone and just say, hey, DeAndre gotcha. Hopkins is somewhere down there. Okay. And I feel like I have a better than 50% chance with him down there to catch the football, no matter who's around and how many opposing players are around. You start looking around the division, I don't think DK Metcalf is there yet. I don't think any of the running backs, Cam Makers, Chris Carson especially not James Conner, are there yet. Um, Cooper Cup's good, not great. So I, DeAndre Hopkins is, is a kind of a no-brainer for me. Okay, so defensive player of the year, who you got? Non-Aaron Donald again. This was a tough one for us. We actually wrote down two because it's so tough. 
I think Jalen Ramsey. You were kind of leaning Bobby Wagner, so mm-hmm. we put them both here. I think Jalen Ramsey, he's a top one at his position. Top one. Yeah. I could argue that Bobby Wagner's lost a, a half step, and I think Darius Leonard of the Colts is getting there a little closer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if Devin Bush comes back healthy, I wouldn't be surprised if statistically he has a better year than Bobby Wagner. So I, I just think there's – Bobby, there's a debate if he's the number one backer. Mm-hmm. I don't really think it's that close of a debate for Jalen Ramsey. I think Jair Alexander's close, and I'll get to that later, but I don't think he's Jalen Ramsey yet. Yeah. Rookie of the year, I think Trey Sermon. Now, I don't think he's the most talented rookie. I think Zayvon Collins, the linebacker out of what I think it was Tulsa that went to Arizona, is the most talented rookie. But Trey Sermon, where he landed is important. He gets a great offensive line in San Fran. I think it's top six, in my opinion. It's a running for it's a run first football team. It's a power run scheme with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, and they got a big. He's going to get back. a lot of carries. It's going to be a little bit of by committee. He's got other backs there to compete with. I think he's going to get the bulk of the pure running play snaps. Yeah, not talking. You know, we're going to split him out. He's going to have routes. No, we're going to line up and run the football. I think Trey Sermon gets the majority of those carries. I think he gets about fifteen a game. Especially when he just comes out and try to smash him in the mouth and wear down the defense. I think you could look up and at the end of the year he's got. 800 yards and seven touchdowns as a rookie, which I that's that's good for a rotational back. Absolutely. So who do you have breaking out this year? Sleeper of the year is another running back. I think Cam Akers um, for L.A. is going to be really, really valuable to them. I don't think stat-wise you're not going to look up and be like, oh, he's a top 10 back. I think he could, but at the end of the day, he's going to have uh, more competition in that backfield as well. They do slight committee, not as much as the Niners do. But he, at the end of the year, he showed flashes. He's quick. His visions is really good. And as Matt Stafford ages, you have to run the football. Right. You can't tell Matt Stafford to, to drop back 45 times. That's what he did in Detroit. That's why he didn't win. Mm-hmm. So I think Cam Akers valuable. His, his, he might be the most valuable player in this division because if he can run the football effectively and let Matt Stafford play action and control the clock for the defense, that could be an absolute buzzsaw of a team. So I'm going to go Cam Akers. All right. Uh, That is just about everything you need to know about the NFC West right there. Uh, Ran through all of our divisional predictions, records, wins and losses, uh, you know, top players. So if you just started listening, go ahead, go on back, rewind about, what, 15, 20 minutes-ish? Yeah, somewhere Um, around. Yeah. I mean, good good predictions. Always happy when to see him come back, especially right now. This was one of my favorite segments that we did last year. And then, you know, the this season was, hops in, and you got to put it on the back burner. So I have a little bit of a nostalgic feeling towards these because it was one of the first real things we did it, it on this first podcast. Episode. First episode. We started doing divisional predictions. There were no sports when we started doing this. So, you know, we were doing a lot of predictions, a lot of rankings, stuff like that. And uh, it's just fun to do. You get to go through teams' wins, losses here and there. So And people loved it, too. So keep bringing we, it back. Yeah, we get to look and uh, give ourselves feedback. We did pretty well last year you know we hit about 50 percent, which yeah. is, i'd say it's pretty good yeah definitely going for for higher this year We're setting the goal at like i'd be happy with 70 70 would be good i'd yeah. be really happy with 70 yeah. but uh no go ahead go back listen we're gonna take a break uh that segment was sponsored by raise energy um 30 off the pre-workout broken arrow and if you spend more than 65 dollars you get a free it's called recov 7 recov 7 it's a recovery formula to help your muscles and uh, your entire body rest. Sounds good. Guys, don't go anywhere. You're not going to want to miss the second segment. Three, 
Hey guys, it's Tim from The Issue. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to my new favorite performance brand, Rep Sports, and in specific, Raze Energy. That's R-A-Z-E. Skip the sugary energy drinks that always have a crash. Go get some Raze Energy, zero sugar, high in amino acids. Get their pre-workout, some protein powder, hyper sleep aids, and more. Anything you need to keep your body performing at its peak, you can find at repsports.com. We'll put the link down in the description for this episode. Use code TIMBO, that's T-I-M-B-O, for 15% off along with other benefits. Like I said, the link and the code will be in the description for this episode, so go check it out. Yo, what is up? We are back. Second segment on Beautiful a Monday. great Monday here in western Pennsylvania. You know, <sighs> sports... Grad We're parties. getting closer at grad party season. Everything. Um, you know, you see high school sports starting to, you know, football teams starting to train a little bit. We're getting closer and closer to the NFL. The NBA is winding down. NHL is winding down. So uh, sports are turning a little bit of a leaf here. Yeah. We're getting from all the minor sports into the into the big boy, the NFL. Right. Um, and it's coming quickly very soon yeah um so, so we started our divisional predictions today those went well go back listen to that if you somehow got here without listening listen to, to that first gave you our our predictions best players of the division and so on and so forth and uh so i want to talk about something real quick pro football focus if you ever hear me say pff that that is pro football focus it's a website that watches film religiously and gives each player a grade out of 100, it's almost like a test, a grade on every single play. And obviously you can accumulate that, get an average score, average grade, or whatever. They did a list of the top 50 NFL players right now, regardless of position. Doesn't matter where you play or how valuable that position is, because if so, the quarterbacks 1 through 32 would be there. It's it's your how just how good you are according to this grade that they give you. Just the 50 best football players in America, in the NFL. I actually agree with a lot of what they have to say. But, you had to figure there was a bot coming, right? But, I heavily disagree with a lot of it as well. For example, let's start, we'll start slow, right? With This some stood out to me, with cornerbacks. Not safeties, so I'm not saying DBs, not, not defensive backs, with cornerbacks. Just lockdown corners. James Bradbury is 47th on this list. In the fifth best cornerback. Players not in the top 50, which then would result in them being behind Bradbury for the sixth, seventh, so on and so forth. Stephon Gilmore, Zavian Howard, Joe Hayden, Tredavious White, Denzel Ward, who I all think are better cover corners along with just better overall players playing on the edge, making tackles, holding the edge. I would take all of them over Bradbury. I don't know even really know James Bradbury was. He started in Carolina, couldn't even make it. Went to New York, he had one good season, and even that good season was slightly overhyped. And he actually statistically, Ramsey, Alexander, Trey White, all had better seasons. Also, so I I like Jair Alexander, I do. But Jalen Ramsey's a better player. Jalen Ramsey's a way better football player. First of all, he's better tackling. He's more physical. The leadership he brings is is significantly better. He'll get in your face. He's a smash-mouth corner. He's physical. And to be honest with you, I don't see him get burned as much. I really don't. 
I think he takes the the best possible assignment, or the hardest, I guess, possible assignment every single play. First place, I'll, I'll see Jair Alexander covering the, the third best receiver on the field. Jalen Ramsey follows the best player every play. I think Jalen Ramsey is a better player than Jair Alexander. So that was a little bit of a warm-up. Now let's get into something that everybody cares about, the quarterbacks. The most important position on the field, the faces of franchises, the people that get the blame for the losing and get the credit for wins. Dak Prescott was put at 50th on this list. (laughs) 50th, okay. All right, 50th. That would place him as the 6th best quarterback in the National Football League today. No, no, don't say that. Because above him is Josh Allen at 40, Russell Wilson at 22, Aaron Rodgers at 10, Tom Brady at 7, Patrick Mahomes at 2, trailing only Aaron Donald. Who's below him? So that would leave guys... QBs not listed, right? That are that are, in my opinion, better football players that either win more, put up better stats, or just have more natural raw talent than Dak Prescott. Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, Kyler Murray, and when healthy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Now I don't think you have to you have to take into account availability. I one hundred percent agree. If you're hurt all the time, I, I get why Jimmy G's not on the list. I don't think he's a top fifty player anyway. So let's let's go through these players. So I started with Lamar Jackson. Okay. Well, hold on, hold on. So I think Jimmy G went healthy, right? Well, that would put Dak. If you include Lamar, Deshaun, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, I think Kyler Murray, that puts Dak somewhere around the eleventh or twelfth best quarterback. Which I could get behind. I could agree with 11 or 12. Yeah. I, you could even argue for a couple other guys. You could argue for Matt Ryan. I think last year he had a down year, but he was an MVP at one point. I would. I could argue that Matt Ryan's better. So you're looking at 12th to 14th best quarterback in the National Football League today. So then you look at the stats, right? So this is just rankings. But then you look at the stats and you think, so in the last 16 games, he's 6-10, and 10, 30 touchdowns, 11 picks, 95 pass rating. That seems fairly average to me. How how about it's very sounds very Baker Mayfield esque. Yeah, I think Baker would have closer to twenty five touchdowns and close to thirteen picks, but it's not that unsimilar. I think Baker pass rating would be somewhere around ninety one, high eighties, maybe low nineties, only a couple ticks lower than Dax. Those seasonal averages put him at about the eleventh, twelfth, or thirteenth best quarterback yearly. You look at you go in the year and you say. List me out statistically the best 32 quarterbacks. The 11th best quarterback usually has a pass rating in the mid-90s. The 12th best quarterback is, you know, getting towards 95, 94. Mm-hmm. 13th is somewhere with, you know, 11 picks. He's 6-10 and 10 people in his last 16 games. Lamar Jackson is throwing to Marky Mark Andrews, Hollywood Tiny Man Brown, and a gang of average to below average players. Yet with that, he wins 80% of his games. Deshaun Watson is bigger and better and has carried worse rosters. Now his off-the-field issues, That's I'm not sure what we're doing with that, right? But this <laughs> right. is ranking the best football players. He is still an employee in the NFL, a football player. Right. He's better than Dak. 
Ryan Tannehill. Since he's been at the Titans, he's 18-8 with a 67.3% completion percentage. Dax is about 64-65, 55 touchdowns, 13 picks. Ryan Tannehill has a rating of 111. Dax is again somewhere 90-ish range. Mid-90s, closer to high 90s, maybe 96. So Dak, not counting this past year, that a two-year span, right? So Tannehill's been with the Titans for two years, roughly. In a two-year span for Dak, not including this last year, so that'd be 2019-2018. He's 18-14, 65% completion, 52 touchdowns, 19 picks. Rating of about 98. Well, okay, so Tannehill completes more passes, wins more, has more touchdowns, and less picks and a better pass rating. Okay. So let's go to Derek Carr in his two last full years. He's 15 and 17, so not winning as much, but he's only three games back at Dak. 69% completion percentage, 48 touchdowns, 17 picks. Four less touchdowns, but two less picks. Rating of 100. Hmm. But who's his number one? Henry Ruggs? Well, he's not even a top 300 NFL player. Henry Ruggs isn't even a top 300 NFL player. I would argue he's not even a top 100 rookie from last year. He was a first-round pick. They missed. Amari Cooper. He's thrown to Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. He can hand the ball off to Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, so how about Kyler Murray? With a guy who I don't think can coach. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a really good coach. He's 13-18-1, so not great. But he's 66% completion, better than Dak. 46 touchdowns, 24 picks, but he adds 15 rushing touchdowns on the ground. Dak does not add that type of volume. 91 pass rating, so slightly worse. But, mind you, he does things physically that Dak Prescott cannot. You have to game plan more for Kyler Murray than you do Dak Prescott. You have to have a spy. You have to play any rotational pieces that are faster, quicker. Kyler's a better pure pure passer. A pure athlete. His record has gone up every year along with his stats. Dak Prescott's record has gotten worse. In his rookie year, he was 13-3. He has not won anything near that since. Even Jimmy G, when healthy, is 13-3 with a 69% completion percentage, 27 touchdowns, 13 picks, rating of 102. You can tell me Dak's the 6th best quarterback and the 50th best player in the NFL, but the numbers say that he's somewhere around 100th to 150th. You can keep telling me he's great. Keep pushing this narrative. But how many times is Dak going to watch the divisional round of the playoffs from his couch at home? Well, with his new contract, probably a lot. Now, you can't even really build around him as much. Mm -mm. All these these pieces around him, when they start paying Dak $50 million a year, you you can't surround him with Zach Martin on the offensive line. That might be the only marquee name you get to keep. Yeah, Amari Cooper's probably going to have to walk after that contract. Ezekiel Elliott's probably going to have to go after his contract's up because there's no way you can find the money to sign both. Even Blake Bortles got to a conference championship and almost won. Let that sink in. That's all I'm saying. Dak's not the 50th best player in the NFL right now. No. He's 
for sure not the sixth best quarterback. <laughs> You're out of your mind. If you would have put like four more quarterbacks on that list and then put them at 50, we would have still an issue, but a, le- a less of an issue. You can't, you can't put all those quarterbacks behind him and put him there. No, no, you can't. How are you going to have Lamar? Lamar Jackson won an MVP. Yeah. An MVP award. And is lower than Dak Prescott on that list. It, it's insane. Look, Pro Football Focus makes a lot of really good lists, but they make a lot of crappy lists, too. And I like their grading system. I really do. But there's got... It, it can't be everything. It can't be the end-all, no, be-all. No, Yeah, I'm sure Dak scores great on a lot of his stuff. A lot of whatever they evaluate. Lamar, you know, doesn't throw the best spiral, doesn't have the best downfield accuracy, this, that. He wins 80% of his games. Does that not factor into this at all? Like, at all. I think Sam Darnold's a more talented quarterback than, than Dak Prescott, but he lost habitually. Yeah. Okay. With the news, come on. So, in the MLB, we have... Otani remaining a baseball cheat code. This dude has been on fire. Have you seen him pitch? Have you seen him hit? His splitter might be the best splitter I've seen in a long time. Uh, the, the movement he gets on it, it, it's beautiful. He tops out at, what, close to 100, I think? Around that. And, uh, well, oh, that's right, he's second, I think. I think he's tied for second with 24, 25 home runs. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. only trailing Vladdy Jr., who's on a torrent pace. Yeah, No one can really keep up with him. Dodgers owners will get a stake in the Lakers. Hmm. What do you think about that? Um, so the report is Lakers minority owner agrees to sell 27% stake to the Dodgers owner. Um, more than a quarter of the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, I mean, he's going to own a- he's going to own over a quarter of the team. I don't think it's a bad thing. How long do you think before LeBron is somehow in there? Like in, it's somehow owning part of maybe not the Lakers, but or maybe not the uh, the Dodgers or the Lakers, but somehow a team. He'll own something for sure. Something to think about. Um, anyway, the team is selling for four point six billion dollars. If you have any money bo- uh, burning hole in your pocket. Anyway, we're gonna keep going here. I saw a news story. Here we go. So we can just talk about this. Uh, the Pirates are horrible. No, yeah, they're they're absolutely abysmal. But it's weird. Didn't they take two out of three from the White Sox? They did. Which who was, I believe are in first place, and, right? Yeah, and that was the news I want to talk about. How how does this happen? How do they just come out of the woodwork and just like and, and win a series against one of the best teams in the MLB after not doing anything? And right now, the game is delayed, but they're up seven nothing on the Cardinals. Yeah, was that from last night or earlier today? No, it was from, I think, earlier today. It is, uh, It's yeah, it's right now. And they've beaten the Cardinals two out of the previous three games mm-hmm. and took, oh, I'm sorry, one of two from the White Sox. But they're 20 and And took 47. two of three from the Indians. The issue is they get swept by the Nationals, swept by the Brewers, <laughs> swept by the Dodgers. So, I mean, they lost one, two, three... Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games prior to this little mini win streak they're going on here. Um, the, the good news is, after this Cardinal series, they do get the Rockies for three at Coors Field. So, you know, hit some home runs. Hopefully pad the pad the win column a little bit. But then they get the Brewers for four, so that's four losses. Braves for three, that's probably two losses. Mets for 
seven because the all-star break so you get met seven Mets games in a row that's probably lose five of that so yep to sum up the pirates are bad and they probably will be bad for the remainder of the year and um just to finish up here uh before we go before the show ends we have a news story we want to talk about and toss it in with the news here uh the ncaa um they're over here they forced the nc state Wolfpack, the baseball team to forfeit their win or go home game against vanderbilt um, which would have gotten them to the College World Series, the finals, the championship. Um, you know, it's moves like this by the NCAA that just show how how reckless they are, right? It's supposed to be an organization for student-athletes so that you can compete and play the sport that you love in college, continue that, and maybe possibly get a bid to go on and play at the professional level. Do you know how big... A championship game in Omaha is. Do you know how big that is for those players? They that's something that those players will never. First of all, they'll never forget their trip to Omaha, even if they didn't get to to the what semifinals. Exactly. It's let alone getting to the semifinals, having already beat Vanderbilt and Jack Leiter, who is a top one pitcher in the in the in the country, the best pitcher in the country, beating him in a one nothing pitchers duel. Scratching and clawing your way, I think they were a three seed in the regionals. Mm-hmm. Winning that, winning the super regionals, getting here, being up two zero on Vandy, losing to Vandy, but still having a chance to go to the finals, and you get tagged with a COVID nineteen protocol. Which, by the way, the for s- a healthy college athlete, are, that's a joke, right? Four four positive tests. That's all. From the entire team. And so, they, so they test the entire team. Why can't those four... Just sit out. Sit out. Seems like the fair thing to do. We all know the NCAA does not do what is fair. It's a power-hungry organization. They don't care about the well-being of their student-athletes. It's a business at the end of the day. But the problem is they run it like one. Sometimes you have to be a little sympathetic and, and know know your business a little better to know that you know your business is the well-being of these 18 to 22 year olds i agree so take care of them even though it's the same sport let's throw the nfl out of this conversation because they are the best league head and shoulders let's not use that as a standard that's the exception not the rule exactly how about the the nba is one of the fastest growing leagues right now i would say you see it all over twitter all over instagram one of the most increasingly popular yeah so let's let's compare that to college football because i would say I'm not sure if college football is increasing in popularity, but I think they're around the same, you know, magnitude of an NBA. Mm-hmm. Even bigger when I think the college football playoffs are even bigger than the NBA finals, but yeah. I'm not sure numbers wise, but I think popularity wise. But anyway, notice who has major say and major freedom in the NBA. The players do. Notice who gets the benefit of the doubt most of the time. The players do. It's a star driven league. Coaches will get fired in three seconds if the star player doesn't want them there. You need to start adopt the, the NCAA needs to start adopting a little, hey, let's put the players first for once. We can still make money and put their and give them the best opportunity possible. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's frustrating and I feel so much for this NC, NC State team. It it's really tough. Um 
I've seen videos everywhere now and people giving their takes. Everybody pretty much has this take on it. I have yet to see somebody that has come out and really support the NCAA on their decision. Um, and that's the way I think that it should be. I am, you know, maybe I shouldn't be, but I was rooting for Vandy anyway. So, yeah, I guess the result is what I desired. I wanted Vandy to move on to the finals anyway. Mm-hmm. But not like that. No, not I'm that sure, way. I'm sure not even Vandy players. Yeah, I'm sure they're happy to be on the, in the finals. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure if you ask them, they'd be... They, they want to win to get there. They want to earn it. Now, I think if you beat Mississippi State, that that's earning it quite enough. Exactly. But still, it's... You want to you want to earn your way there. You want to because if if they go on and win this, that they're forever going to be remembered. Oh, that team that NC State had to forfeit against. Right. There's always going to be an, a, a, an imaginary asterisk next to this one in my mind mm-hmm. in the college baseball world. I think so too. Uh, that is just about all we have for you guys today. So thanks for listening. Make sure you're going to our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast. Go to our Twitter at the issue podcast and then send us an email which is the issue mailbox at gmail.com you can find the link to our email in our instagram go ahead to our website as well go on subscribe to the newsletter put your email in click sign up and don't miss any updates but yeah let us know if you guys would be on board also for a premium type um podcast experience little more gambling stuff like that right. just different things talking about a little bit different things yeah. and uh been an idea we've been bouncing around here for a while and we are going to probably start moving that direction pretty soon probably by the end of the summer so uh guys thank you for listening that was the issue